We thank God for the body of Christ. I thank God that he showed us the church. And when you see the church as it is in the word of God, it spoils you. And so I thank God for the body of Christ. I thank God for God's people. And yet, we're all conscious of its perfections, of which body we are a part. We understand that, but we just thank God for his faith and for the promise that Jesus gave to his disciples when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that wonderful promise when I look around and see all the institutions of this world, how they have failed miserably. But thank God there's one that will stand during the time that this world exists and after this world exists. And thank God I'm a part, thank God you're a part of something that's devil-proof, something that's unshakable, something that's unbreakable, something that will outlive uh, uh, this world forever and ever and ever. And we are a part of that this morning. So that brings a big responsibility. We've got to do our best to be faithful to God. We've got to be faithful to God's program, the Holy Spirit's leading. We've got to be faithful to support with our resources and our time and our talents. All the things that go on in this institution that is going to live forever and outlast this world. And thank God for that. We live... And you all know it, and we know it more now than we've ever known it before. We live in a world of tremendous tensions. And our churches are stressed out to the max. And they're struggling. And they're trying to figure out how to cope with all the changes and all the things that are happening and all the things that are developing, and all the things that are being legalized, and, 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 and all these things that are not right. And somehow the church is going to try to interface with all that, and, and try to get along with all, with all that. But the problem is, many churches have compromised. There are churches in this city alone that have compromised, that have given up, they have... Uh, They no longer preach the truth. They no longer warn their people what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. They've come to the place where they're going along to get along with the world. And they don't understand the world is not our friend. And even in Newark, Ohio, all over the country, almost every city, churches are just under tremendous pressure because they don't have the guts to tell the truth. Our nation is aflame with chaos, confusion, and conflict while millions like Nero are playing fiddles and screaming in the streets how free they are to do whatever they want to do. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about freedom and the terrible misconceptions that are taking place in America today. Jesus said it well, and this is my text, John 8, 32. Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth. Somebody says, there's no absolute truth. Oh, yes, there is. This world may reject absolute truth, but God knows what truth can do. There is an absolute truth, and thank God for it. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, 
What truth? My truth, Jesus said. And when you know my truth and my Father's truth, it will set you free. Real freedom is found in the pages of God's Word. And you won't find it any other place. Thank God for the truth. I want to talk to you about freedom because there are terrible misconceptions that are going on. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What shall make us free? The truth. And where can we find that truth that sets us free? In our courts? No. In our liberal colleges? No. In our U.S. Senate? No. In our House of Representatives in the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C.? Definitely no. From our newspaper medias? Positively no. Can we find truth in the White House? Can we find truth in Hollywood? Can we find truth in the ghetto? Can we find truth anywhere? There's only one place we can find truth. The only road map to get us through what's going on in this world today is in our hands this morning. It's called the Word of God. That's why Jesus said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And then Jesus, when he came out of the wilderness doing battle with the devil, the first thing he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This book is our lifeline this morning. So are you reading it? Thank God. It's our lifeline. Truth and freedom. Oh, they're magnificent words. They're inspiring words. Old battle flags as they have been called. Every time we see a tattered and a torn flag blowing in the wind, our minds are carried back to the storms and the wars and the bloody battles Americans have fought and won. And what about the sweat and the blood and the tears of self-sacrifice in which men have poured out their lives to keep America the beautiful free? And what about all the deeds that have been done in the search for truth and the suffering endured for truth and freedom? I want to tell you something. Freedom is not free. Freedom is a heavy burden. It's something you got to carry on your shoulders, but it's not free. It cost you and me to be free. As human beings, we are sent here into this world to do something for God. And I'm not sure too many people understand that. This is what our existence is all about. This is why we're here. We're here to complete a job. We're here to finish something that Jesus Christ started 2,000 years ago. And he said to keep it and guard it and watch it. And take this talent and that talent and the other talent. And multiply your talents. And finish the work that I have started. Jesus made it clear before he left this world. That he started something over 2,000 years ago. And he now expects you and I to finish what he started. And what that means to all of us is that God looks upon all of us as necessary 
God looks upon all of us as our life's mattering. Don't let the devil, and boy, the devil is loose today. Don't let the devil or anybody else try to cancel you, intimidate you, call you a loser. Can you see the intimidation that's going on today? There's there's not a day that the news doesn't show us our 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 best colleges at least they were they invite people judges and, and people to come and to bring up the other side of the story to bring up an alternate opinion it's called free speech And this judge, this high judge was brought to this college last week and he stood up and he got ready to talk and then they had all this wokeism, dopeism stuff and people just ridiculing him and and just screaming at him and yelling at him and kids, uh, 18, 19 years old, not even wet behind the ears, all walking out under this concept that, oh, we're, we're smart and we know what's going on and we're free and we want to be free. They're idiots. And if some dumb, someone comes up to you and looks like they just, well, I won't say it. I'll just say they didn't look normal. And try to get in your face. Do you ever see the people now trying to get in your face? Trying to ridicule you? And you get on all the medias and you get on TikTok and all that nonsense. And Twitter before this other cat took it over. Trying to bring freedom of speech back, at least in that community. And we've got so many cupcakes out there. We got so many people who have their feelings way out on their sleeves and it doesn't take anything to offend them, to hurt them. And what happens? What's happening to our teenagers? What's happening to our elementary school people? They're being attacked. They're being canceled on all our medias and they can't deal with rejection. And so they go out and they, they, they kill themselves. Don't let anybody try to cancel you. That's why Jesus came back into this world. To cancel the sin that's trying to destroy us. And the wrath of God that's hanging over America. As America, as human beings, we are sent here into this world to finish something that God started. Since the world, men have been trying to explain their existence. Man has been seeking truth ever since creation. Man learns early, has to conform conform to nature's laws, or he must pay the price. He needs shelter from the elements and clothing and food and and learning what the powers of nature and the laws of gravity can do. He is set free from many dangers and disabilities and heartaches. But then man has to answer bigger questions. Who am I? It's not an easy question to answer today. Just look at how men and women are raging in our streets today. Humans, civil people, civilized people are now acting like animals. Many must learn, man must learn where he came from. He must learn where his source is. 
Some say we come from the swamp or we come from a salamander. And then a salamander crawled out of the swamp and become an ape. And then an ape climbed the tree and fell down and hit his head and became a, a, a human. Now you've got to be really, really, really stupid to buy that. Or the Big Bang Theory. We've got to answer a question. Why am I here? The average person on earth doesn't know why he's on planet earth. Another question man has to answer is, what can I do? Millions don't have a clue about their ability. Here's a tragedy. 80, 90% of the human population will die and never achieve more than 10% of their true ability. Can't you see how people out here, our generations, are being dumbed down? And the last haunting question of man is, where am I going? Where's this thing called life going to end? What is my destination? What is my future? Where and how does my life end? I remember when I was a teenager and just getting out of school and then going into the army, I didn't have answers to any of these questions because the world had my mind all twisted up with carnal pleasures. I wasn't thinking of the big questions. But thank God he didn't leave this world without giving us answers. Thank God he didn't leave without giving us a divine revelation called called the Holy Bible. When Jesus was born, the Bible said his name shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted means that God is with us. Thank God. If God didn't give this world a book, this would be an awful place to live. And now because we've thrown prayer and thrown the book and thrown all of God's influences out of our, uh, out of our lives and out of our schools and out of this and out of that, now you see what happens when you take God, prayer, and his word out of the culture's life. You see it every day. They start killing one another. They start hurting one another. They start maiming one another. And I'm trying to make a point here. And when I gave my heart to God, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything really about a lot of these questions. And about God. But when I gave my heart to God and started to read his word, you know what happened? I found myself. I found out who I was. I found out where I was going. I found out what I'm here for. I found my purpose and I found out what God wanted me to do. And if we don't answer those questions right... True freedom will be impossible. And the more we direct our cultures away from God, and the more we run God out of our institutions, the more dumber and the more ignorant and the more stupid we become. And when I got saved... I received life. I received enlightenment. I begin to understand there really is a God. I begin to understand there really is a heaven. 
there really is a hell. I begin to understand there really is a right and there really is a wrong. And then I found out and learned one of the greatest tragedies in life. Everybody was afraid of death. Everybody was screaming about death. Everybody said death is a monster. But I found out the greatest tragedy in life was to live without a purpose. To live a life for 60, 70 years and never get to know God. Who am I speaking to? How tragic to live all this time and never discover why you're here. And millions of people out there are just in that shape. Especially when God put within us that instinct to want to be successful and happy. Nobody normal wakes up every day and says, Oh, I want to fail today. I want to be a loser today. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to be happy. You know why? Because God put that instinct in every one of us. And thank God there is a way to be happy. Well, here's good news for you. God designed for all of us To live successfully. We were created in hopes. That we would meet God. That we would find God. And the plan to find God. Is right here. God did not abandon us. When Jesus arrived, they said his name shall be called Emmanuel being interpreted. God is with us. He didn't leave us. He didn't abandon us. He didn't forget us. But the question is, have you forgot him? Have you ignored him? Have you no time for him? And that's where it's all going. God is playing out in the world because the world doesn't want him. You will never see a bird who can't fly naturally. You will never see a fish who can't swim naturally. You're never going to find a squirrel who can't climb naturally. Every type of seed you put into the ground, all you got to do is just water it. You don't have to pray over it. It's designed by God to naturally grow. Listen carefully. Here's good news. Everything God created for humans... He built into them potential for their own success. Everything God created, he built into it its own success. When God created us and you started to grow up, you begin to realize there's something. There's another being. There's another power in this world. That's why in third world countries, in uncivilized countries, when they buried their loved ones, they put the corn in the casket and they put this in the casket, knowing that there was something more out there alive. And if the birds and the bees and the animals and the plants and all that God created are here today and gone tomorrow, of how much greater value are you and I than sparrows? What you saying, preacher? I'm saying you're pretty important to God. I'm saying that 
in God's perspective, from God's perspective, you're necessary. God has equipped every one of us to be able to overcome the world. To be able to overcome temptation. To be able to overcome sin. You've got already inside of you instinctively what God put there so you can win the battle. Look at it another way. Success to every manufacturer is important. Every manufacturer, no matter what they're building, whether it's computers, they, they, they put their logo, their mark, GE, Apple, IBM, Chrome, HP, Microsoft, and they built into their products everything that would make them run smoothly. And they test all their products to make sure that they run smoothly. They make sure everything is in the product for its success. And when you receive it, and you open the box, the first thing that you see before you even see the product is an instruction manual. An instruction manual how to operate the product correctly. But here's the problem. Nobody wants to take the time to read the manual. Because we're so self-assured and we think we know the manufacturer's heart, the manufacturer's mind. The manual is simply a book of promises and laws. So you read the, the, the promises and the laws. And if you believe those promises and obey those laws in the manual, just as you are instructed to do, then your product will run and perform flawlessly. But if you don't read the manual, you won't know the mind of the manufacturer. Well, God is our manufacturer. God is our creator. Amen? The word of God will let you know the mind of God. The Bible says this mind, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ, who thought him not robbery to be equal with God and took on the form of a servant. Our manufacturer made us and gave us a manual, and if we'll read it and obey it and love it, we will find the truth, and the truth will make us free. Thank God. And you know what else they say? And if you find a defect in your product... Or in your walk with God, do not tamper with it. Don't try to fix it yourself. Call the manufacturer. Every once in a while, when we hit a stump or go into a slump or fail or a problem arises in our life, we, we need to go back to the manufacturer. Or... Send it to an authorized dealer to fix it. You know who our authorized dealers are today? Our saintly parents. A God-called pastor. An anointed evangelist. A praying grandma. Or a church where they have a fervent prayer meeting. And then we're also advised to stay away from unauthorized dealers who don't know how to fix the product. Buddha, Confucius, Baha'i, atheism, socialism, liberalism, humanism, wokeism, 
which never woke up yet, and babblism and papalism and man-made denominations. John the Baptist told us clearly who the only soul-saver and fixer-upper for sinners is. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's only one source. There's only one manufacturer. There's only one creator who can fix us when we're broke. And that's God. The success of the product is to protect the reputation of the creator. We are God's products. And the first thing God placed on us and the first thing God did for us, he created us. But how? He created us in the image of God and the likeness. God designed us to be like God. Think about it. The manufacturer said, let us make a product in our own image. And what that means is if we fail, we can reflect negatively on God. That's why the devil is messing with our kids. You ever seen a time where you've ever, have you ever seen a time where so many of our youth are being disfigured and radically changed? And all the things they're doing to their bodies, their minds, and all the coloring and all the piercing and all the markings and all the spacing and all the cutting of their faces and bodies. What's going on? The devil is taking the apex of God's creation and instead of making them look like God, look holy, he's making our humanity look hideous. The devil knows what he's doing. And parents just play along. There's something going on in our culture and it's bad. And there are way too many people that look at it and say, oh, that song is beautiful. Listen to the lyrics of the song. Filthy. I've got good news right out of the manual. Child of God, you don't have to fail anymore. When God made you, he equipped you with something that can keep you and help you overcome everything that's going on in this world. The secret of our success is built into what God created us for. And he created us for the glory of God. And if we don't live for God's glory, we will jeopardize his reputation. God in his wisdom built in laws to guarantee the saint's success. Both in the Old and the New Testament. That's why he said and told Joshua in chapter 1. See, they had it made in, in, in the wilderness. God did everything. They had God there at night with the flame. They had God there all day with the cloud. They had the water free. The food fell out of heaven. They had it made in the wilderness. But then God called them out of the wilderness. 
and said, now let's go into the Canaan land. The land flowing with milk and honey. Remember when you sent the spies there and you came back with the grapes that were big and all the fruit and all the lusciousness? And they're marching for the Canaan land and and they're saying, oh my, this is going to be great. But when they got there, they had to fight for their freedom. They had to dig their own wells and plant their own vineyards and build their own houses. The welfare program came to an end. Freedom demands a fight. Do you have the fight in you? And listen to what Joshua told when they came out of the wilderness. And now they're going into that land that's flowing with milk and honey. And this is what Joshua told them in 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt have and make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Can I say something to you that might help you? Whenever you come across any laws in God's Bible, God's Word. You make it the deepest desire of your heart to obey God's laws. Because God didn't give us laws to hurt us, to make us mad, to make life difficult. He gave us laws to stay out of trouble. He gave us laws so we can be what we want to be, happy and have peace of heart and peace of mind. He gave us laws so that we would get the maximum most out of living. He came to bring us life and bring it more abundantly. And you got people out there trashing and throwing off on the word of God. Oh, legalism, rules, rules, rules. Let me tell you something. The book is full of rules and it's full of laws for your protection. Don't you think God knows what he's doing? Sure he does. God's laws were given to guarantee Success. They weren't given to restrict restrict us or hurt us or aggravate us. Listen. Fish. God created fish. Fish will never leave water. You know why? Because they're smarter than human beings. Birds were designed to fly in the air, air, and you won't see them trying to swim. Humans are the only creation that God has problems with. Did you hear me? The only creation that don't know how to walk straight is the apex of God's creation. And if you let what God put in you start working and and, and leading you, you won't have to fail. What is it about us? What is it about them that they love to challenge and test God's laws? That's why many who have no reverence and respect for God's laws are broke, busted, and disgusted, homeless, hopeless, and godless, lazy, lewd, and lost, wealthy, wicked, and worldly. And the whole time they're screaming, we're free, we're free. True freedom is freedom to be our true selves, as God meant us to be. True freedom starts with God and it ends with God. Freedom doesn't mean having things our way, to choose sinful lifestyles. 
It means freedom to be like our Lord Jesus Christ and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So freedom is not being able to do whatever we want when we want. This is how freedom has come to be defined in our culture. By the millions, they are marching mad and angry and screaming loud in our streets. We are free. We are free. The courts have set us free. The laws have set us free. We're free from biblical restraints. We're free to adopt any lifestyle, to choose any sexual partner, to escape any restrictions. The more choices we have, the freer we become. Nothing but one lie after another. America, you've got to woke up instead of dope up. True freedom is the ability to be who our creator manufactured us to be. What did God manufacture us to be? Children of God. We're in the likeness of God. To love God. And to love one another. Now I close with this. How do we achieve and how do we get to this freedom? First, freedom requires waking up to one's need of God. If you never come to realize your need of God, you will never. No matter if you live to be 300 years old, you will never find freedom. Freedom can only be found in God. You can't find it in no other place. You got to wake up to one's need. And that is the true wokeism. Wokeism, biblically speaking, means that we have to wake up to our need of God. We all know the story about the prodigal son. He decided when he was 18, when he was young, he was going to break free from father's house. You all know the story. He said to his father, I want what is mine. Do you know one of the most dangerous words in the vocabulary is? The word mine. Everybody wants mine. I want what's mine. And to counteract that, Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself. Deny himself. That's where the problem is. I want my share. I want my way. I want my lifestyle. It's my body. I'll do what I want with it. And he went to his father and he said, I want what's mine. He wanted control of his life. But the manual says it's not in the ways of man to control his own life. He said the same thing many are saying today. Give me what I want. Give me what is mine. Mine is a dangerous word in the kingdom of God. Why? Because God owns everything. And he's only letting you borrow it. And he gives you children. Just just let you borrow the children. So he left home. With what he thought was mine. But didn't realize that when what he owned was gone. He owned nothing. 
And when he had wasted all his substance, the Bible says in Luke 15, on the world's pleasures, do you know what happened next? When he wasted all his substance on all the world was offering him, all the thrills, he began to be in want. I think Jesus said it the best that anybody ever said it. You can gain all the world. You can gain the whole world. You can experience every pleasure, every thrill, every rush. But what shall it profit you if you lose your soul? Gain the whole world. Yeah, you can have it all. But the whole world and all that it's offering can't compare with a soul. And when he joined himself to a citizen, that country, what happened? He sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he ended up eating the slop of the world. But at father's house, something happened to this young man. He started to woke up. But at father's house, there was soul-satisfying living going on. And when he remembered all the blessings of father's house, the Bible said he came to himself. The beginning of true freedom starts when a man sits down and visits himself. When a man sits down and begins to examine himself. When a man sits down and starts to ask himself some serious questions. What am I doing here? In the pig pen. In father's house I was singing. I was singing songs. I was worshiping God. I was listening to the gospel. I was enjoying the fellowship of the saints. I was uh, being thrilled with the truths of God's word. But now my life has been reduced to misery and and even envy and hogs. How did I get in such a mess? The first step to freedom is you need to sit down and talk to yourself. Freedom doesn't start with people who don't know God. It starts with sinners talking to themselves and just like Jesus said, count the cost. Do you want to follow me, Jesus said? Well, then sit down and count the cost. And see if you have sufficient for the journey. Weigh the options. Heaven or hell. The first step to escape poverty and go to freedom is getting yourself woke up. Real wokeism is waking up to knowing you're lost and knowing that you need God. Justin or Sherm, whoever, you can come. I beat the 1130 bus. And that's the ultimate purpose of God for our lives. That's ultimate freedom. Not the absence of law. Amen? And what did the young man say? He said, I will arise and I will go To my father. What a beautiful line. 
I will arise and I will go to my father. Enough of the stress. Enough of the emptiness. Enough of going with the multitude to do evil. Enough of having no purpose in life. Enough of unhappiness and no peace. Enough of sin I will and sin I must. Enough of ulcers. Enough of cysts growing in my body. Freedom, real freedom, is the true management of ourselves and our environment when we can say, I will arise and go to my Father. That's when true freedom, the miracle of true freedom takes place. When you know how to manage your life and you say to yourself, I'm going back to my father's house. Then true freedom knocks on your heart's door. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man opens the door, I will come in. And I will sup with him and he will sup with me. And he will find freedom like he's never found it before. And in the end, I will take him with me forever and ever and ever to be in the glories and the presence and the Shekinah glory of God. You young people are being targeted more than the older because I think maybe they've lived a little longer. Sometimes they got a little more sense. But don't let this world catch your eye. There's nothing out there you really want. Oh, the devil make you want it. But what the world has to offer is want, emptiness. And maybe there's someone here this morning that's tired of being disappointed, tired of being told you're free, but you know you're not. And the good that you want to do, you can't. And the evil that you don't want to do, that's what you do. This is the manual. And God's the manufacturer. And he built inside of us everything we need to get us home safely. So God help us. God help us all to get home before dark. Amen? Most of you remember what it was like without God. an emptiness, a gnawing, biting emptiness. Everything the world offered, it just never got to the depth to satisfy your soul. Because when God made you and when God made me, he put a space inside of us that only he could fulfill. And he longs for the day when you rise up and say to yourself, I will arise and go back to Father's house.
And that's when the door swings open. God takes you into his arms and real freedom begins. If there's anybody here this morning that needs to examine themselves, if anybody here needs to have a little talk with themselves at the altar, this be as good a place as any to do it. So God bless you as we sing. Would you like to stand? If anybody needs to pray, we're going to give you a moment. God bless you, brother. There's others. Oh, there's others. Where thou goest, I will follow. How many want God to have? His place back in your soul. Every one of us, we got any sense. Brother Lowe, would you come down and have prayer with our brother? Anybody else want to take a moment to talk to themselves? Anybody want to take a moment to visit with yourself? Oh, there are others. God bless you. Thou hast trod this way before me. Yes. And bless you, Eric. Some of you need a little more time. That's fine. We'll give it to you. Young man, young woman. The urge to sit down and have a talk with yourself is not as strong when you're young. But when you start to grow old, you're going to feel the need to have that talk. And you're going to feel a sense of God's need. And I'm going to tell you, this is a wonderful place to be in a world like this. This is a wonderful place to be in a world like this where God is giving us opportunity to talk to ourselves and to examine ourselves and to ask for some help. Though I meet with There's others in this audience this morning. You know who you are. God knows who you are. You're going to do life? You want to get married, have a home? You want to live happily ever after? The manufacturer, the creator. This is the road map. This is the way. Did not Jesus say, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And no man can get to God except he comes through me. Thank God. We'll sing one more verse. We're going to let you go. God bless your heart this morning.
Good to have Ivan George back. Good to see a good number of you out this morning. Just the chorus, Brother Sherman. Just the chorus. Isn't that a wonderful idea? Attentive audience, God bless you. It's good to see a good number out this morning.